0: Welcome to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.
1: Hello, and welcome to Landwards, the podcast of the Institution of Agricultural Engineers. I am your host, editor of Landwards, Andy Newbold, and I am joined today by Joe Martlew, who is currently research agronomist at NIAB. Good afternoon, Joe. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me you're very welcome um so let's start from the top will you just
0: give us your elevator pitch
1: who is joe martley what does he do and how did he get here
0: <laughs> um so yeah so i'm joe i work for niab at the moment as a research agronomist um so we sort of have there's sort of three bits in my head to NIAB. there's the very clever sort of cambridge niab um super academic part there's our consulting arm that you know is out on farm every day working with farmers and then we sort of sit in the middle Um, where I work and we try and sort of go between those two things and figure out how to make solutions work from both sides. Um, So it's very sort of applied science and I get involved with anything. I mean my background is in soil science but I get involved with anything from sort of cereals and flea beetle to increasingly potatoes which is worrying because I I don't know a huge amount about growing potatoes.
1: Well it sounds like you're about to learn. Uh, Just just for the uninitiated, whilst um, NIAB is the name of the business, National Institute of Agricultural Botany
0: that's it yeah it's just niab now but it's it's a collection of um i think you know formed in the early sort of 1900s niab originally was associated with plant breeding and things like that sort of post-war um you know progress in agriculture but we do a huge sort of diverse range of applied research now um and that's our sort of focus is to support the agricultural industry in, in supplied research whether that's People coming to us and asking us to sort of do research on the beh- on their behalf or us sort of collaborating or, or leading. Um, we also do a huge amount of sort of knowledge exchange activities as well. So it's so, a so interesting, varied place to work. So um let us go, go back to the beginning then.
1: Um, you know, we, we start we started this this um, well, we didn't start the podcast, but you know, I, I approached you and we started this conversation to say, you know, you are an agricultural engineer, you're a member of the institution, but um, you, you you may not have seen your route into agricultural engineering is the particularly straightforward or traditional route so should we just you know focus on your early education and choices and maybe whether you had a light bulb moment or a drift towards ag engineering and just talk us through um how you've sort of found yourself to where you are today joe
0: yeah so if it wasn't for the i don't know who came up with that definition i always think of jane rickson the sort of the broad agricultural engineering you know if you do anything in agriculture that's manipulating systems and researching then you are an agricultural engineer um, if I'd have never heard anybody say that, I would have never classed myself as an engineer or an agricultural engineer. Um, but I think it's a really good definition because it's a, it's a huge sort of broad range of people that make up the, the membership, which is fantastic. Um, so I started, I'm sort of, sort of from a farming background, working on farms and um, grandparents were smallholders and that sort of thing, but never sort of farming owning or anything like that. Um, but I worked in farming, worked on a dairy, did some ag- sort of a culture, forestry and that sort of work when I was growing up. It's so always sort of land-based stuff. And when I was doing my undergraduate degree at Portsmouth in biology, um, I got really interested. It's one of those moments, isn't it? I I had a tutor that I really got along with and really enjoyed um, his lectures. And he happened to be a plant scientist. So he wasn't really interested in plant science up until that point. But he got me really, really interested in that. And I ended up through my link with the dairy farm on writing my project on um, staggers in dairy pasture. Um, And so it started to sort of drip feed in that, you know, maybe this interest in plant science would be, well spent working in agriculture because i like doing sort of both of those things being outside doing practical stuff um, and also sort of doing that science bit and that research bit and, and having that academic part i i then went and joined a um sort of a, an agricultural sort of service or old, old school sort of merchant on the south coast and i absolutely hated it i was stuck in an office putting uh, orders on a phone um, looking out at the lovely weather outside and I was desperate to be outside. So um, I, I left and went back to my sort of roots of doing, doing agricultural servicing and aboriculture and, and forestry. But I always knew I wanted to end up back in, um, back in doing some academic work and some research. And I saw this advert um, from Harper Adams and uh, AGCO. Um, Mark Moore was the, one of the supervisors who's, a, who's an active member of the Institute. And it basically, I can't remember how they worded it, but it basically said, come out to Zambia, uh, set up a project on looking at controlled traffic farming and precision farming um, and cultivations. Come and live out here, you know, build the equipment and, and sort of supervise this project. Which as like an early 20 year old just sounded like the most amazing adventure ever. So I applied and somehow got offered this project and ended up um, a few months later sort of flying out to Zambia with relatively little sort of agricultural experience um, in terms of big equipment and, and, and arable farming and that sort of stuff. Um, we're just absolutely thrown in the deep end with minimal staff out there sort of trying to set up this controlled traffic farming project. And that was really where I first sort of got, you know, really, really interested in sort of ag engineering, you know, from that sort of drip feed at the University of Portsmouth thinking about plant science. That's when I really started to get interested um, when I was part of that project Harb Adams.
1: And just just going back to uh, jumping on a plane and going to Sambia, um, did it meet your expectations? Did you know what you were letting yourself in for? Um, What did you just think? This is a great adventure. Let's crack on.
0: Yeah, as you do when you're that age, I just didn't didn't even think about it. It just sounded like a fantastic adventure. And it's part of the long term project that they've got at Harper, which a lot of people listening will probably um, have been aware of at some point. And it was, the idea was to replicate that experiment with in Zambia with sort of sub-Saharan African conditions and so technology. So
1: that's, that's the ten-year traffic, and just on the, the anniversary of the ten-year traffic in tillage.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Same project. Um, and so, yeah, no, I had no idea. And I had no idea that, you know, with less technical support and stuff like that out there, I would have to be sort of doing a lot of the, the field work. I would have to be building the drills with, with a couple of the technical staff and that sort of thing out there once they've been, you know, shipped in from Namibia and across deserts and that kind of stuff. So it was just, yeah, it was a fantastic adventure. And I, I certainly didn't know what to expect, but it was, um, yeah, really, really good skills to learn for the rest of, the, of my sort of career in terms of project management and managing myself and other people and all that sort of stuff.
1: Uh, very good very good habits to get into around personal discipline aren't they in structure and organisation
0: uh, there was some good fun as well <laughs> yeah
1: I, I i can't imagine that for an instant being uh, be, be, being out there particularly given given that the 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 the, the, the rugs gallery of people you said you were working with as well um so moving moving on
0: from there yeah so moving on from there i, I came back and I, I went to work for agri as an agronomist um, again really choosing something, you know, I've always wanted to do something that's outside and practical, but also has that kind of base of science. Um, So I was at Agri doing that for about four years based down in the south. Um, So I travelled from sort of London to Wiltshire down onto the Isle of Wight, which is fantastic every two weeks, get the ferry over and do some agronomy over there. Um, But I always knew I wanted to sort of get back. I I was I was missing that that sort of research element. And I was really lucky I got to work with Saeed Shah, which some people will will know that name. He's he's a well-known researcher on the south coast and, and elsewhere he was working for Agri at the time as the research and development manager in the west and I got to sort of be around him and the the work that he was sort of leading at their west site there and I thought I really really want to be in his position sort of leading um, research work and and academic work but still having that sort of strong root in doing the trials work you know being out and about counting stuff pointing at stuff and not being sort of locked in an office or a laboratory and to me the way that you seem to be able to do that was to go and do a PhD. So that's exactly what I did. I, I left my nice sort of comfortable job at Agri um, and moved uh, to Cranfield University um, on a, on a sort a slim sort of stipend salary and went and did my, my PhD in my late twenties. And um, I guess, I guess
1: going, going into a research PhD environment isn't necessarily quite the same as bouncing off to university at the age of 18 um full of, full of joy with a desire to look for the bar it's a much more structured environment I'm guessing
0: yeah definitely and, and Cranfield's a bit of an exception as well because it's just a postgraduate university so it's quite different it feels quite sort of um yeah much more businessy than you know undergraduate days at Portsmouth um but with that it's sort of it's got you know it's it it had that has its nice points as well because it sort of you know starts to repair you a little bit more with a bit more urgency for what you're going to need to do when you and start it's very much a, a community, researcher.
1: It's a community of practice as well, isn't it? So, you know, the focus of the other people who are working and studying around you rubs off, I guess.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And all sort of very applied science, um, you know, whether that's from sort of food storage. They've got obviously a strong soil science department where I was that comes from that Silso College heritage that sort of ended up at Cranfield. Um, but yeah, through all of their sort of all of their sort of agri-food work, as they term it, it's all sort of really strong applied industry funded research. So it's a really yeah. good place to sort of go and learn how that bit of the sort of puzzle works. And it's quite confusing yeah. how that works and how funding works. So, so m- moving on,
1: you finished the PhD at Cranfield. What was next?
0: Um, so I had a short spell back at back at agri I went back to do a research position um, and work on setting up their soil health offer. Um, But that wasn't a forever position. Um, And I was still looking for that good sort of mixture between academic work, practical work, you know, being outside, working with farmers, but being able to do that sort of high level sort of policy stuff as well. Um, You know, long list of um, demands on my part. I just kept looking until I found it. And fortunately, um I saw with my previous link, the PhD was, was sponsored by NIAB and I, I did it at some of their um locations and got to know Elizabeth Stockdale, my current boss, through that. Um, and so through that link, um I found this position at, at NIAB. Um I was hugely, hugely lucky to get it when I when I applied, and that's where I've been for the last sort of six months. No, excellent.
1: Um so you know that, that as I say g- g- taking us through the one two three four five six seven seven career steps to date starting with your starting with your, your degree um as I say it's not it's not what we would call a classic routine to agricultural engineering but that doesn't yeah. make it any less valid it's it's, it's very valid and it, it obviously gives you the, the broad toolbox you can draw on now which is you know which make, make what makes you the agricultural engineer you are today um what contributed to your choices what were your drivers
0: of lack of a defined sort of vision really aside from I knew what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to end up in a job that had practical stuff that had academic stuff that allowed me to be outside um but also to sort of start trying to influence you know how I thought you know agriculture and and sort of you know my sort of specialist area how soil management should should sort of progress and being able to influence that Um, so every time I came up against a barrier where it wasn't quite right I sort of made the call that I think, you know, I think there is a position out there that encompasses all of these things. So I, I'll keep looking until I sort of find where I wanted to be. It was, so it was more sort of like pinball rather than a defined career path.
1: So I can see you as the, the careers master at school saying, yes, well, of course, there's the classic route into engineering here. And there's what we'll call the Mark Lou stroke pinball technique uh, yes. which, to be honest for most people in their careers very few people set out unless you're going to you know fly a jet for for BA um, most of us never set out saying I am going to be did we um, just just uh, I wanted to sort of um labor the point a little bit more if you'd like about about the link between theory and practice and just get your take on on how vital both of those parts are in terms of you know your career and your choices as well I think
0: it's hugely important. Yeah, it's the bit that is missing, I think, in a lot of research development and also knowledge exchange, especially in agriculture, is that middle bit. We have, and that's really where NIAB sit, and that's why I wanted to work here. But it's, you know, we have, we've got fantastic academics in universities across the country. Um, You know, I was based in the South for a lot of my career. I now live in North Yorkshire. And, you know, there's a whole world of universities up here that I wasn't aware of, and I wasn't aware of how much academic work in agriculture that they do. And some of that stuff is, is, for the best will in the world, is, is locked away in that kind of academic circle. Just as I've seen on the other side of that, you know, working as an, as an on-farm consultant, is a lot of the information there is generated within that sphere and, and it's not shared between. So I think that ability to be able to understand the academic stuff in terms of journal publications and how they communicate information, display information, how that happens on farm, from working on farms and then from, from advising on farms... Having those two things, you know, being able to drive a tractor, but also being able to understand how, you know, pressure transmission works through yeah. different soil types and different compaction. It, it all sort of sticks together to be that person in the middle who then, then can collate those things and actually design farming systems that work yeah. rather than, you know, the, the specialist parts of those those sort of three different areas.
1: I, I like that. I'm writing that down. Designing farming systems that work. <laughs> I think I think that's a I think that's a great I think that's a great great line and, and it's you like know, easier I, than it sounds. <laughs> well I think yeah, that's just that's just our two second attention span, Joe, that we have to, you know, do things at the click of the finger now, don't we? But um you know that that, that point about delivering value, I hate to use the word value, it sounds vulgar and commercial, but but delivering value, <laughs> delivering benefit as the bridge between the theory and the practice and the practical knowledge you know I just think that that's a really important point not to lose um let's let's think about ag engineering what what, what's agricultural engineering done for you and how has your career progressed you know how has it how has it helped you if you like to call it that
0: well I suppose to start with it gave me somewhere where there was other people so I got into the institute through I I can't remember what it's called I think it's the Blime Hill Agricultural Discussion Group in Shropshire um, that's based around harper adams is it not the reeking branch might be yeah branch. yes of, of the institute the there's, the Army, there's a separate um agricultural discussion group um, okay. and that's where i went first um and i just couldn't believe that there were these people you know i was obviously at harper sort of looking at t- tires and and control traffic farming and stuff like that and there were people who would want to meet up on a thursday evening for three hours and look at different tires and what they'd done to soil i couldn't believe that there was other people who wanted to do that so it sort of provided that um that area for me to be able to sort of find people with with similar interests and and connect with other people with similar interests because the role that I do and, and the role that lots of us do are so multidisciplinary that I don't think sometimes you sit easily in some sort of you know if you if you work at a university you sit in an academic institution then but actually because we're be- between lots of things sometimes I think it's hard to figure out what you are um so I think agricultural engineering sort of given me that sort of Thing that's behind me. That that's okay. That's what I am. That's what I do. Yeah, helped
1: helped you see yourself in a slightly different light.
0: Yeah, and then provide that, right? that network of people who are who yeah. are weird as well and want to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that well. one down. Network of people who are weird. <laughs> I, I I've I've I, I'm I'm quite happy with being being within a network of people who are weird. I have to say, um, you know, it, I think Groucho Marx probably had something to say about clubs, didn't it? Um, you know, any club who would have me, I wouldn't want to join. So um, your network of people who are wi- weird, like, likewise weird. I, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. Um, how do you use your agricultural engineering in your day job? What does your day job entail?
0: So I suppose it's that, it's that sort of ability to stick stuff together and problem solve is the biggest bit that I have. Um, so I draw on, you know, whether it's a, sort of collating some data into, into a report or designing experiments, everything I do is sort of about farming systems. So that will always include some element of soil machinery, plants, some sort of inputs and and some sort of, sort of you know, science literature sort of overlaying that in whatever I'm doing. So it's that ability to ha- understand all of those different parts, how they affect the system, um, both in terms of sort of like, you know, traditional engineering, but also then sort of thinking about how those things, you know, collect together and, and come out with a, with a cost to somebody of running a system and that sort of thing. Um, so that's really how I use it in my day job, I think, is all of those different experiences that I've pick, picked up along the way. I'm able to hopefully use those to be able to sort of inform what I'm doing and make it realistic and, and you know achievable by somebody. Um,
1: just let's let's look a little bit broader now. So so we, we've got to know a little bit about Joe and Joe's career. Um should we have a chat about, um, well, give, give me your take on the future challenges which ag engineers will have to
0: tackle and maybe a personal perspective on that. Yes, yeah, so I think it, that links to what I said previously, that, you know, ag engineers, the way I see ag engineers, and I think the way the Institute sees ag engineers, is massively broad. And with the food sector, we have a massively broad set of challenges, whether that is, you know, from focusing right in on soil management, like I often do, you know, right through into environmental land management and the way the policy is trying to sort of view how we're, we're using land and how we're rewarded for land. So I think the future is is fantastic for ag for engineers because there's so many challenges from, you know, mechanization and automation to people who are going to be modeling all of these systems and, you know, how they work in different soil types, you know, all that stuff that I come up against every day and the problems and the knowledge gaps that I come up against every day can be solved by people from ag engineering with with all of these different backgrounds you know whether it's biology like mine is or a more traditional sort of engineering background um you know people like kit franklin and stuff like that we we all will contribute to sort of solving these challenges so i think the future is is fantastic and broad you know whatever you're interested in it's pretty much find something You know, Mm. we're
1: we're part of a community of practice with different perspectives and different knowledge and skill sets which contribute together. I mean, you know, it's very easy to watch the news headlines and say, well, you know, the cost of fertiliser is upwards of a £1,000 a tonne, there's a shortage of hydrocarbons and oil, um, and and potentially, you know, uh, famine might be stalking the land because of lots of things which are happening in Ukraine. Um, However, that that very, very sharp personal challenge also um, brings about innovation. You know, and great leaps yeah. forward and innovation have always come because of society. You know, my view is as ag engineers, we're servants of society. So we're not we're not solutions going looking for problems. We're we, you know we're we're looking we're looking at problems and trying to take them to bits and say what can we do to contribute with that. And, and you know, to me that's really exciting. It's very exciting as well that you're you're there. You know, sort of rubbing your hands together, saying, "Come on, bring it on. Let's see what we can do here," as well. Um, I just I wanted to. Um, to just just close um by you know asking you joe what would you say to someone who was thinking about um a career in, in ag engineering or land, b- land based work who maybe hasn't come from a traditional agricultural or agricultural engineering background just what would you say to them by way of encouragement
0: i would encourage them it's yeah it's not you know i haven't come from a traditional sort of farm owning farm work backgrounds um it helps to have some some practical skills, and but that's something that anybody can do. There's, there's plenty of people out there that will pay you or not pay you to come <laughs> and gain some experience. Um, and I think it's it should be welcomed by us in the industry that people oh. from outside of our industry want to come in and want to work and want to contribute solutions. You know, I work with some startups, you know, especially from sort of thinking about carbon and that sort of thing at the moment, working with lots of startups with people not from, you know, they're from modelling backgrounds and from mathematical backgrounds. They have completely different... You know they're not tied by the same sort of, sort of mental constraints yeah. that some of us are that have, have worked in the industry for a long time, so I think it's fantastic they should they should be yeah cracking on and being part of the industry and shaking up all of our mindsets as well as we go along the way
1: i mean i would I would probably be remiss as, as we close by asking you what what your favorite record is now if we're sort of wrapping up on a desert island disc type but I equally recognize that that is completely unfair, Joe because I'm putting you on the spot
0: oh no, it's not yeah um. Excel on Main Street, Rolling Stones. We we'll never get bored of listening to that. Okay, Excel on Main Street. <laughs> and there's Street, some good engineering. They recorded it in the south of France, out of it, out of a transit van. Did so they really? A mobile studio. So there's some good engineering. I'll I'll
1: I'll see if we can look look that one out. I'm not quite sure for copyright reasons whether we can play it or not. But uh, you, you never know. Um, we have been joined today by Joe Martlew on the Landlords Podcast. Joe, thank you very much for your time and for your candour. That has been fascinating, and it's been wonderful to get to get you know a handle on and to just get a sense of your excitement about about what's happening in your career and how you can help and how you can take things forward. And, and I really appreciate your time. So, um, Joe Martlew, on behalf of myself and the many many listeners of the Landlords Podcast, thank you very much today.
0: No worries. Thank you. For more information, visit www.iagree.org. You have been listening to Landwards, the podcast for the land-based engineering community, brought to you by the Institution of Agricultural Engineers.